Hello everyone, I'm your host Roman Garcia from Nerd Support and welcome to the Creating a Culture of Innovation podcast. We're here to highlight up and coming and growing businesses that want to show off their culture and what makes them stand out with technology. Our goal is to educate our audience about having a strong IT and cybersecurity infrastructure and showing how other businesses are leveraging technology in order to succeed. Nerd Support is an award-winning managed service provider that's been helping businesses in the U.S. and around the world with managed IT, consulting, and cloud solutions for almost 20 years. If you found what we talked about in today's episode valuable and are looking to advance your business's technology strategy, we can offer you a free IT consultation where we examine your technology, cybersecurity, and compliance so we can take care of your IT and you can focus on the growth of your business. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can apply at cacoi.nerdsupport.com slash podcast. And to learn how Nerd Support can help you succeed with technology, visit us at nerdsupport.com. All right, enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Creating a Culture of Innovation podcast. I know it's been a while. Myself, I've been super busy trying to help Nerd Support with their new look, as well as some other cool things coming down the line. So, but we're back now. Uh, for anyone new here, my name is Roman Garcia. I'm your host. And today I'm joined by yet another business leader who's cultivating a culture of innovation within her business, Christina Gamash. Christina is the founder and owner of Audax Wealth Management which is a financial planning and investment firm dedicated to giving families and female business owners access to modern financial advice and resources with a dash of humor. Nice, we love to see that kind of inclusion and hope we'll see some of that humor here today. So first of all, thanks for coming on, Christina. How are you doing? Oh, thanks so much for having me on here, Roman. I really appreciate it. Doing so well today, it's Friday. (laughs) So true, Uh, thank God it's Friday. Anyway. Great to have you on, Christina. I just want to say, as a fellow educator myself, I love the efforts you've got going on over on LinkedIn, and I'm especially interested to hear how those efforts kind of go into the innovation within your industry space as well. So let's get right into it. All right. Let's do it. So, so to start off, Christina, tell me and the audience a little bit about your business's mission statement. What does Audax do for businesses around you to help them succeed? Right. So I call myself a growth strategist, right? Because you're supposed to have that elevator speech. But what I really focus on is small businesses, less than 10 million in revenue. And I really help them figure out if they're profitable, figure out how to pay themselves and figure out how to get ready for that next chapter, which could be anything from retirement, starting another business, uh, starting a nonprofit or go travel the world, whatever that means for that person. Mm-hmm. Okay, so c- kind of like on the strategy so- side of this, I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, in terms of what made you want to start Audax, because I noticed that uh, you guys actually started kind of in late 2020. If you want to give me some background on that, yeah, because <laughs> what better time to start a new business than during a global pandemic, right? Uh, So I have about 20, a little bit more than 20 years of experience in the financial services industry, and it kind of all just came to a head in 2020 with the pandemic, and I just saw that the people I really wanted to help weren't the ones getting the help. I really have a heart for small business owners and those entrepreneurs out there that are just hustling every day, you know, they're 
pouring their blood, sweat, and tears into their business. And when it came down to it, I mean, think about like all the first round of PPP loans, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of them didn't go to the small businesses. A lot of them went to the large corporations, right? Which is great because they had employees that they needed to sustain. But think about the capital reserves that a, a large corporation has versus a small business, right? The small business owners didn't have their crap together I could say that on your podcast. Yeah, like they didn't have the luxury, yeah. I guess. They didn't have their stuff together. They didn't know how to pull their reports. They didn't know who to talk to. They didn't know how to fill out the forms, right? So if they weren't able to float themselves during lockdown, they went out of business. Right. Yeah. So, so to me, that's just not okay. Yeah, for sure. Like those that were slow to adapt and, and like as sad as it is, like there were some people that were slow to adapt, some businesses that were slow. And uh, we saw the the effects of that uh, rather quickly, right. to be honest. Like down, especially down here in South Florida, much like yourself, a lot of people came and moved down here uh, during that period and took advantage of uh, of the adaptation that they needed, um, and then kind of came out with that success. So glad to hear that you guys are doing well, especially since those hard times. Uh, and kind of uh, on that vein as well, did you have any inspirational figures that made you want to start? Yeah, so I I have a friend who went out on her own and and went the independent route a couple years before I did. And I remember her describing the life after corporate as being just like, like, like a dream. And I thought she was lying. And I said, what do you mean? Like, you can recommend this to your clients and not get in trouble, or you can set your own schedule and nobody's yelling at you, right? Right. So I definitely, um, I had drunk the Kool-Aid, as they say, <laughs> really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and like so I had, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say kind of like those, um, you know, like those ads that people always make fun of. There was like, uh, help, help nutritionists hate him. He, he found the secret to sustaining life or <laughs> kind of like Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was just, it was everything that I dreamed of. Um, I just didn't know it was possible. So I would say she was definitely an inspiration to me. All right. Okay. Oh, that's sweet to hear. Um, and also you, you and I were talking a little bit before about this. I know that you mentioned how much you care about your clients and kind of those small businesses. What are some of the things specifically your business values in regards to serving those clients and, and how did you use remote work or kind of the adaptation of technology, uh, to bring about success in that? Oh my God, Roman, I've been waiting for, I've been waiting for, I guess, the lockdown for years, right? Um, You know, before the pandemic, in my line of work, you couldn't work remote. I don't know why, right? But you couldn't. Um, Even though we had all the technology out there, the big firms just didn't want to adapt it, right? So they had access to Zoom, but they didn't want people using Zoom. I don't understand that at all, right? Um, I have a zero paper policy now, which is so refreshing. Um, I mean, I do have my notebooks and stuff like that too, but I really try not to have anything that um, could get lost, right? It should all be in the cloud. I should be able to travel. I should be able to access files securely uh, because compliance, obviously, in my line of work is very important. 
we have to balance that technology with the compliance aspect. And it, it it's a little bit more, um, you know, it gets into the weeds a lot. Mm-hmm. But at, in the end, I think it just makes for a better life for, for me and my clients. Yeah. And we kind of saw, I think, with only like very specific cases, like I know Google has people like all over the country. Uh, those Some people are offered kind of uh, remote positions, but only now, as you were saying, that it's kind of like moved down now that we have the accessibility functions to that. But then also exactly what you're saying about the compliance, I love that because uh, we, we're actually super big on compliance uh, and that especially now with like, as I was telling you earlier about like that WISP requirement that uh, at, at the very least, they're trying to make things as accessible that if you want those luxuries, it's it's great, but you know, trying to keep people on the right path and uh, keep it all, you know, secure and like that as well. Right, exactly right. Um, yeah, and with my clients, you know, it's funny, even the ones that are here in town and down the street, I have a rule with them. I say, look, we do business online, but we meet in person to socialize. And so we'll go out to coffee and lunch and dinner. And and there's nothing that can replace that human contact. But we don't need it all the time because Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's just easier and faster to meet about business online. You can share files. You can um, do all sorts of things that you can't do in person. All right. Everyone has their own social battery, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Even even us, we kind of have a, a flex schedule. Some days we're in the office, some days we're, uh, we're here. It just kind of uh, keeps the the routine a, a little yeah. first, so it's not just the same thing every day. But yeah, right. Totally uh, in some cases, it's obviously like, you know, some people don't have the technology they have or the like the space they have at home. So kind of like a case to case basis. But just glad to see the, the opportunity being uh, being offered yeah. to people. Exactly right. Yeah, it is kind of a luxury, I think, and um, a great way to retain employees. Yeah, I'm, I myself, I, I personally kind of work better at home, just like a little bit uh, more quiet. But uh, in terms of like the communication side, sometimes that's better when you're there. You don't got to wait for someone to see your message or email or things like that. But yeah, for sure. So kind of on that note, I want to hear some of your domain expertise. What's going on in the wealth management industry that you think could be done better? And how are you innovating, particularly with technology, to set yourselves apart from the rest? Oh, yes. There's so much. You know, the SEC and FINRA, they have a lot of rules Mm -hmm. on so many things that we can and can't do, Um, all for good reason, because there are some bad players out there in the past and currently I'm sure Um, so there's there's marketing for example where um, there's a lot of rules what we can say and not say and how we can say it Um, there's also like the like you were talking about that wisp having that backup plan in case of emergencies Um, these are all baseline we need to have it we get audited and we get find or you know get dinged if you will um, if we don't have certain things in place and a lot of it does take technology and technology partners in order to capture it well Uh, for example like um, email email archiving right we have to save all of our emails going back 
seven years. So finding the right partners out there that, you know, have a good history, uh, a good user interface, because there are some great companies out there that perhaps um, are cheap, have been around a long time, but they are very hard to use. And so for people like me, where, you know, technology is not language that we speak, I definitely want to make sure that it's the user interface for the client is very easy to understand and to use. I think that has been um, something that we're really focused on. For example, there's a lot of financial planning tools that are out there. Mm-hmm. I understand them. I can get them because I've used them for so many years. But I noticed that some of the um, less robust planning tools out there uh, are easier for the clients to use. And so the clients actually prefer them, even though they can't do all the backend stuff that some of the other tools can use, right? Right. Um, the reports are more colorful or the buttons are bigger. And uh, yeah, so just making sure that we have that right balance between you know what's easy and useful for the client, but what's important for them to understand and to have in their back pocket. Um, finding that kind of balance has been difficult, but when you do get the right mix, then it's such a powerful combination. Right. You want to make it accessible and surprising a lot of uh, people, uh, you can't just use jargon with them all the time anymore. Uh, you have to, you have to like, keep it simple, even though, you know, like it's important for them to actually know that, but in terms of like, actually the execution of it, that you want to try and keep it to as simple and simple terms as possible. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, moving on, Christina, what's on the agenda for you and Audax in the near future, if you could share anything? So much is going on. So I last year or this year, I guess we're not mm-hmm. quite done with 2021. Oh my gosh, I started wow. part. <laughs> I started part-time CFO services for these small business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I had mentioned, a lot of them, uh, I think a lot of times they're embarrassed that they don't know things like what my PL says about my business or how I should be using that. Um, I had one client that said, you know, I really need to go look for a loan. I know I can qualify, but I'm afraid to go talk to the banker. And I'm like, what? Bob down the street? Like, he's great. You should go see him. <laughs> right. And I don't think that they know what they have available to them as business owners. And especially, you know, I work with a lot of women. And women, minority business owners, we have a lot more resources available to us too. So I started this part-time CFO consulting. It's really taken off. So I'm actually going to be spinning it off from Audax and having it be a standalone uh, company. And with that, I'm also, I am writing a book. So writing a book called, uh, well, the title is still to be determined, but I think it's going to be called um, "How to How to Sell Your Million Dollar Baby." I know. Yeah. So <laughs> the idea or the premise behind it is, you know, these business owners are building up their babies, right? Their mm-hmm. their businesses. They've put so much love and care into it, but how do you really build it up to sell it? Mm-hmm. And I'm also a certified exit planning advisor and not a lot of 
owners know that they can actually sell their business. And I think it's less than 25% of business owners um, making less than 10 million in revenue will actually sell. Most of the time, they just have a garage sale. And we saw that during the pandemic, right? All the baby boomers wanting to retire. They just said, hey, who wants a printer? Buy my printer <laughs> and let me go sell my sell the building and whatever else is in there and then go to Florida, right? I was literally just thinking that that we we saw yeah. the we saw the population explode. That we got the the new business owners, but then the people that were retiring down here as well too. Yeah, it's true. So I want to I want business owners to know that if they do the right things to build the value in their business, and if they understand, they don't have to have a PhD in economics, but they have to understand a few basic rules about finance in order to open up their books and feel confident every month and i want them to know that they can actually use their business to retire mm -hmm. as an asset right and kind of like what, what you were going off of that uh about like giving the clients kind of like the attention that they need uh i think i think it's kind of has to do with uh how people view uh businesses in general that you have to let them know that it's not just like the entity it's Audax Wealth Management, it's not uh, Black, Blackstone or whatever, things like that, that, you know, like the actual pers personal connection added to it, uh, you know, so they don't have so much of that fear of like, oh, this entity is coming after me or uh, that I don't know this, this entity or whatever, but give them like kind of like a face to that. Right, right. And there's a lot of ego that goes into business building, right? Mm -hmm. um, one, one recommendation I have for owners and anyone listening is if you're going to start a business, don't put your name in it. <laughs> we don't want it to be Roman Garcia's consulting. We want it to be something that he can pass on to someone else one day and right. have that be just a seamless handoff. Like what yeah. happened to Garcia? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, on top of another problem, Garcia Consulting, there's probably 8 million of those <laughs> of those True. names too. <laughs> the domain name has already been taken, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. So uh, odd acts in a way kind of like up stand out. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, great. So, well, awesome, Christina. It was great talking to you. But before we go, I want you to let us know where can the audience find you and do you possibly have anything to share with them? Thank you for that question. Uh, yeah, so find me at audaxwealth.com, A-U-D-A-X-W-E-A-L-T-H. And like I said, I am writing this book. Hopefully it'll be out in Q1 next year. I'm also turning my financial foundations program into an online course uh, using Kajabi actually. And Kajabi has been a wonderful tool to uh, build this course and it'll be at a fraction of the cost. So follow me, sign up for my newsletter and you'll be the first to know. Perfect. So you heard her, go check out her website, go check her out on LinkedIn. She also has a pretty neat podcast called The Board over on LinkedIn. Uh, and I'll make sure once you pass me those uh, those other uh, resources, I'll make sure to include them as well. And of course, drop a lot, like and a follow while you're there. All right. So again, Christina Gamash from Audax Wealth Management, everyone. Thank you so much for stopping by and thank you for creating a culture of innovation within your business. All right. We'll see you all next time. Bye. Thanks, Roman.
Hi, Roman here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creating a Culture of Innovation. If you would like to be a guest on our podcast, you can apply at caCOI.nerdsupport.com slash podcast. Did you find what we talked about today valuable? Please give it a like and share it on social media. Or if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them and make sure to include the hashtag creating a culture of innovation. We'd love to bring on a diverse group of guests. Since we're regularly putting out new content, subscribe and make sure you don't miss any episodes. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it'd mean a lot to me and my team. Want to learn more about nerd support and how we can help you succeed with technology? Visit our website at nerdsupport.com or follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at nerdsupport. Thanks for listening in, and we hope you'll stop by next time.